So, hi, Alexander. Am I pronouncing it right, Alexander? <laughs> Actually, uh, here in Belgium, I became Alex. And it was funny because I could like kind of build another personality because every time I was introducing myself to someone, I was saying like, hi, I'm Alexandre, because in Brazil, the X has the sound of like shh. So every time I was pronouncing my name and introducing myself to people, they would reply with Alexandra. Alexandra, then like I said, like, yeah, maybe it's easier to introduce myself as Alex. It's easier for everyone and I don't need to <laughs> explain anyone how how to pronounce it. So, yeah, nowadays everyone calls me here, calls me Alex over here in Belgium. So how are you? I'm fine. Yeah, I'm having a, a good day. Of course, we are like under this typical scenario, but everything is going well. Uh, we kind of know about our privileges right of like working from home knowing that it's not for everyone that have this privilege but yeah uh, assuming that everything is good it's hard to say that i'm fine right with everything that is happening over here in europe and around the world around the globe but like yeah i'm fine i woke up uh usually i would go for a run i know like that a lot of people this is a delicate subject because some people say that you should not go outside, not even for a run or for a simple walk. But sometimes I, I feel that I need to do it. And yeah, sometimes it, it, it's good for my mental health, like two, three times a week, just run for 40 minutes, one hour. <laughs> So, and if you take all the like if you take all the, the steps and the measures to be like uh, under no risk and not putting anyone under risk like i i live alone here so i don't have contact with anyone i'm not going to the office for already what 40 days i think uh so like the only person uh under risk it's like myself <laughs> so okay. of course like touching things on the when you go for groceries and this kind of stuff but like yeah everyone knows what they need to do and like how delicate the situation is but we we all find our way to deal with it right yeah true um so you are working currently in belgium yes, um, yes. how come tell me your story uh, i was contacted by by linkedin because like yeah by the, the company that i'm working for nowadays and they they uh, we had a chat we had like uh, a, a quick meeting about it and they asked me if i have already heard of uh of isaac and all this stuff that usually they hire a lot of people from isaac they already had a lot of good examples they have like the CFO of Belgium nowadays is someone who came as a, an ISAC trainee 10 years ago. So like they are used to do it. And so I searched for it and I, I subscribed and I, 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 I put my name and everything on the website. And so I went through the whole process and Sandy helped me a lot during it, uh, even explaining to me how would be the program, what, to, what would I need to do in terms of documentation and process and, and phases and all the steps that I had to do and, and clarifying all my questions, all my uncertainties and like, so it was a little bit unorthodox. Which company are you working now? I'm working for a company named DSV, uh, Logistics and Supply Chain, and they have this. It's like a worldwide company, an international company, 
and it's uh it's really multinational you know like you have people from all over the globe uh here in belgium i have people i work with people from peru from france from latvia from brazil from uh, mexico from uh the uk from ireland so it's really nice it's it's it has been like a, a really good experience and being in touch with people from different backgrounds different cultures so for me as a brazilian coming to europe is already something really good uh because if you are latin american having this kind of experience it's kind of a privilege it's not for everyone i mean it's not everyone who gets who has this this kind of opportunity so like yeah i'm enjoying fully enjoying everything i think at the beginning it's a little bit worse in not worse but like harder and but i think this is for everyone and now that i'm here already for a, a year and three or four months i'm feeling more used to everything so when was it that you came here to belgium i came to belgium uh february 2019 and then you uh, were done with your studies in brazil yes i i was done with my studies for already one year so i had already the bachelor's diploma in brazil it's a little bit different than europe because europe i was talking with a lot of people over here and it seems that it looks like you have this kind of university or college where you study for three years and then you do a master's which would be like two years in brazil usually depending on the course that you take uh, i have studied economics so i have studied for five years okay I and i have finished my my university and like one year later i had this opportunity uh, to come to belgium and what did you do in that gap year so after you uh, your you finished your studies mm -hmm. you said it was one year later that you went to belgium so in that year you started already working in brazil or ah, okay actually i was already working since like the first year of my university in brazil depending on your course you can like take an internship already on the first year of university so the first three years i have worked uh, for the department of financial planning of volkswagen and I worked for them for three years. Then I went to a paper industry and I worked with financial planning again for more three years, for two years. Yeah, I'm trying to make the counts here. Sorry, I think I'm getting old. <laughs> but it was something like almost three years in Volkswagen, then uh, two years and, uh, and something at this paper industry. Then I, I worked for one year and a half for a bank. And then I have received this opportunity of like having a chat with the CFO from DSV Belgium and with the human resources department. And so like all the process happened in between. So I was, I was already working in Brazil for almost seven years already. And then this opportunity came up and uh, I kind of took it. Right? It's crazy that in Brazil you have to really work during your studies <laughs> i mean in, in belgium it's also like that but it's like student jobs so you do it on the weekends or maybe one or two nights um during the week mm -hmm. um, or in the summer in vacation time but it's not like a real real job you know you uh, work at, at mcdonald's or something uh, okay yeah uh, in so brazil 
No, I was. I, I'm thinking here. This is this is nice. This uh, this shock that we have when we have uh, two cultures being pulled, like uh, putting two cultures one by the side of the other to understand the differences between them, right? Because like in Brazil, uh, some people they don't work. I think that it's a privilege not to work, uh, but unfortunately we live in a, I, I, I'm from uh, an unequal country. I love my country so much, but like uh, if you take percentages, only, I don't know, 12, 13% of population has access to the university. So it's kind of super competitive market, you know, like, so if you finish your, your university only studying, and you take your diploma without having any experience on the market itself, it's kind of harder to you to find a good job, you know, like, so usually people, they try to find an internship on the first, the second year of their university. So they already get into the market, into like how it, how it's going to be the real life at work. And then you try to like mix what you're learning from the university and what, how are you applying this? on a daily basis in practical terms. It's really crazy. Did you had free time? Because <laughs> I can imagine that it's so hard to combine. Yeah, I was working from uh, 8 a.m. until 5.30. My university would start at 7.30 p.m. and would end at 11 p.m. So, yeah, for five years, it was kind of uh, you had to find ways of studying so you wouldn't be like put it back. I mean, uh, you would get good notes, you know, like so the only way of studying was uh, in between uh, going to work or like going to the university. So I would study like on the public transportation and I would take like some uh, weekends to study, you know, like but on the other hand, if you don't. If you don't really take it seriously, your work, you don't, you, you are not officially hired. So you have two pressures. You have the pressure of the university to take good notes and you have the pressure of the, the internship because they tell you since the beginning, like if you really exceed what we expect from you, we are going to give you a, a, an efficient position so you can learn more and more and like kind of uh, escalate your career or something like this, you know, which is a good thing. Okay. Of course, it's a lot of responsibility to someone who's still studying at the university, but on the other hand, you are, you gain more responsibility and you learn more and more and more, you know, like you, you keep in touch with people that are already working for 10, 20, 30 years, and they have a lot to teach you. So when you finish college, you already have like a good background to, to seek for a, a new position with the diploma. I think you have a lot of experience when you really have to start working because you already worked like in different companies and stuff. Mm, yeah, uh, I, I still think and I don't know, like this is my point of view that it would be great to have time to dig into the studies, you know, and study hard and get into the classes and read completely all the books. I think maybe uh, I would be like a better economist, I would have like a, a better knowledge of theory, you know, because when you are dividing your day, uh, half of it studying, half of it working, you don't have a lot of time to really get into the, the classes. You, you study and you pass and of course you dedicate time for it. 
but I think it would be great, you know, like it's great the idea of studying and get into it, like studying during the morning and during the afternoon, having time to review everything that you learned and fix, like kind of fixate it in your mind, you know, but well, this was how things were posted to me. So I had to deal <laughs> with my, my reality. And you studied economics. Yes, exactly. Okay. And now you work in the supply chain? Uh, yeah, the industry is like supply chain. I work with financial planning. So mainly, I'm a, if I would resume it to you, I would tell you that uh, my duty, it's like to study the company, study the past of the company, study the present of the company, study our competitors. And I need to understand what's happening with the company. Like nowadays, I'm more focused on the road division. So like everything related to logistics involving trucks and buses and vans and all this kind of stuff. I need to study everything that happened, I don't know, from the previous five years, then what's happening right now and what's happening in the market with the competitors. And I need to tell like uh, my superiors, like uh, I expect the next month and the next year and the next, the following six months, we will have uh, basically this revenue, this cost and this profit because of these, 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 and that, and all the rows. So like next month, I'm going to check like the, the actual numbers of what really happened. The accounting department will tell me like, look, Alex, this is what happened uh, in March. Then I will compare it with like what I, I have planned, what I thought it would happen. And all the deviances I need to explain to my, to my bosses. Like, oh, uh, I expected this to happen and what happened, it was this. And the deviances are related to this, this and that. And this extraordinary thing happened. And that's why I couldn't predict or like, yeah, my mistake. I didn't remember of, of these things. So yeah, it's my mistake. I will predict, of, I will make a prediction of it for next month. So it's kind of studying what's happening, predicting what's going to happen on the following months and making a follow up to check if what you planned is the same what's really happening, you know, so you can give predictability for the business itself and they can use, they can manage their cash in a, in a wiser way. Yeah, it's not fair at the moment because of Corona, right? <laughs> trust me, trust me. Yeah, the volumes are, are going down. I think logistics is one of the industries that are like most feeling the negative impact in terms of, of, of course, economic and financial uh, aspect but yeah it's hard to say like what's going to happen on the on the next two three months no one knows and you discuss with people from other countries like nowadays uh, i'm looking for the uk and ireland and when i discuss with people that are like making the financial planning for uh belgium the netherlands or france they they all have the same issues you know like we don't know what's going to happen we are going to use some assumptions and we are going to use some numbers, some uh, adjustments, percentages, and let's see how it happens. But no one is sure about anything. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's uh, the most difficult job at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Only not, not, not more difficult than the doctors and this kind of stuff. But it's, yeah, it's kind of really 
<laughs> it's a surprise every every week we look to the volumes and we look to the revenues and all the numbers that we we get from our systems and we get to know that okay we were wrong okay we were wrong okay we were wrong <laughs> and then we need to adjust week by week our our planning yeah um so at the moment you are um you are finished with your uh, global talents program yes so tell me about that experience and uh, explain to me why you are still working there <laughs> why are you still in belgium okay uh when i came here uh do you want me to tell like a little bit how was it coming from coming to belgium yes, like yes. the first mo ah okay so i came to belgium and actually it was my first time in europe uh so everything was kind of gigantic for me you know like everything was completely different from everything that i have already seen in my life uh even the weather it's something completely different so i remember like i think it happens to everyone of course i'm i'm, I'm saying this from my point of view with my life background and my the way that i see life and world but for me the first weeks uh and the first months maybe they were like the hardest ones because i was i found myself questioning my decision a lot of times you know like what have i done with my life did i take the the right choice and uh, how i what i had in mind when i i took this position and i accepted this because like you find yourself with no friends with no uh, uh, uh any without any uh, uh, strong bond with anyone, you know, like, and you start to miss your friends and you miss your family. I was used to see my friends, like my close friends, at least two, three times a week. I was used to see my parents one time per week. So going to another country with another culture, not knowing anyone, it's kind of hard and it can be like hard sometimes you know like so you need to understand that it was an option that you took that this could be good for you and you will grow and learn a lot from it even though sometimes it can be hard and, and you can feel sad or you can feel down it's something that uh, it will teach you a lot you know like i always heard people that had this kind of experience abroad saying that it was something that changed her their lives completely and I was always like, ah, come on, you're trying to say just to like give a lot of, uh, I don't know even how to explain it, you know, but I, I was listening to it, hearing this within, with another eyes. And when you experience it, it's really something that changes you. And But people from ISAC, they were super nice with us. They would like make some social events, I don't know, every three, four weeks. So you could meet other people and you could like have a chat with them or maybe like watch a movie with them or eat somewhere or have a drink, have beer. So like we had a lot of social events and they were super nice because then you, you could find other people that were facing the same issues and the same situations that you were. Uh, and I think like through time, I started to get into it, you know, like I met some people, I have made some friends. So I, I kind of started to construct, to build these relationships. And I think they are really important, you know, even though I feel that I'm a person that loves to be alone and loves to stay at home, like doing my stuff, uh, even, even knowing this 
when you are really without no one, you, you start to feel a little bit weird. So it was good that uh, I was lucky to build these these relationships with uh, friends and everything. So then you you start to get used to it. It's nice because at the beginning, I don't know if uh, everyone feels the same, but I, I felt that the first months, I was a lot of times I found myself thinking like, okay, but I am like this, and people here they think they sh I, I should be like this, but I know who I am, and I'm not changing because I think this is wrong, and and you know I, I was so strict and. I was thinking a lot of who I am, who I am, who I am. And then you just learn that you don't need to be one person. I mean, of course you are one person, but you can be flexible, you know? It's not that you are like this or you are going to be like this every time in your life, in every situation for the rest of your life. No, you can learn from people that see life differently. They uh, judge uh human relationships differently you know you can learn from it you can uh, walk on their shoes and try to understand their background and why do they think like this and hopefully not hopefully but luckily i have found i have made some friends that they were up to discuss this kind of philosophical things you know i would come up with like what do you think about it because i noticed that all of you you think like this way and when i I think about our Brazilian way of living. We think like this way. And what do you think about it? And they were super up to discuss it, you know? So I feel that I, I learned a lot. And and what, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Sure. But um, what do you think was the biggest difference then between the way of thinking here in Belgium, here in Europe and in Brazil? Uh... I need to think about an example right now, but I don't know. I feel that uh, in Brazil, uh, we are kind of, we have this term which, which, which is uh, uh, passion now. We say that we, we live with a lot of passion. So usually in Brazil, if you go to a bar or if you meet some people, People start already to talk with you and to share their life and to share everything and invite you to have lunch with them someday and to have a beer with them someday. I feel that people are completely opened, you know, like to meet new people and to let people come to their lives a little bit more. And here people need to trust you before it, you know, like they, they kind of test you. And by test, I'm not saying in a methodic way, but like it needs a little bit more time so the other person can like let you come closer, you know, which I don't yeah. think it's good or bad. It's not a money case thing you have seen in life. It's just a different way of approach, a different way of like building relationships. So I feel that here I had to prove myself, you know, like I have to I had to kind of show time after time that I was someone, uh, I don't know, maybe trustable and maybe easygoing. So they started to notice this on me and they started to invite me more oftenly, you know? And then like step by step, day by day, day after day, you start to uh, uh, construct these bonds. I didn't know that it was such a difference because for <laughs> us, it's normal to first get to know one and then you can go do things. <laughs> but in Brazil it's totally different then yeah you can meet someone today like at a bar 
and then this person can say to you oh we are going to this nightclub do you want to join us and then you say like yeah why not sure then you go and then maybe they can say like ah oh, you know on sunday we are going to like uh make a uh a i think you have already heard of it you know like and if you want to come and bring some beer we are going to be like at the pool you know so mm-hmm. i feel that people are more more open to it i don't know i i, I don't think, I think the first thing can happen here in belgium that you are drinking you meet someone and they say oh let's go to the bar or something but then to invite someone afterwards i haven't <laughs> haven't done it and i haven't um how do you say experienced it here in uh, belgium <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you were telling about uh, your first months here in Belgium that they were a little bit difficult, difficult sometimes yes. uh, in social contexts, and then further. So you were here for a year. Yes, something that I that it was uh, that had a huge impact on my experience was like the season changing. Maybe it sounds silly to an European, but for me it was something. Uh, hard to describe with words, but like in Brazil, you don't notice the the season changing. You know, you don't see like the nature dying and the trees losing their leaves, and or during the spring the the trees blossoming or something like this. And I came here in late February, so it was uh, end of winter, something like this. If I'm not wrong, sorry by my ignorance, but like no, no, then, it's true. <laughs> And then I remember that like uh, the temperatures started to rise and the trees started to have like leaves again. And then like it came the the spring and then like it came summer and, uh, you know, and after summer ended and you had this, I don't know, the previous six months of kind of for me, it's a cold temperature that you can't go outside with a shirt. You need to wear like a jumper, a coat, you know, gloves. And I think for me, it was really hard. I already read a lot about it and I was expecting it to be hard. But uh, to be honest with you, I was I was not expecting. I knew by reading and talking with other people that facing for the first time the European winter, it can affect you somehow uh, mentally, emotionally, you know. And I felt it because like during the spring and summer, I was going outside with my friends two, three times a week. And during winter, you could go to a bar and you would find like five people, eight people and your friends, they would be more like inside their homes, you know, with their partners sometimes. Uh, So you can notice this huge difference of season changing and it's impossible not to affect you because unfortunately we are like a product of the, the environment sometimes, right? So like what's happening outside affects how we are feeling inside sometimes. Of course, we need to find a balance. But I I think my first winter, it was kind of, I, I felt this, they say, they call it melancholia, right? Melancholia or something like that. <laughs> and then I, I think I had it because I was, everything was uh, uh, running smoothly in my life. I was working, I was loving my work. I was with good friends. I was in touch with my family almost every day so everything was going going on going well you know but i was still feeling something really weird i was a little bit down and i'm like what the fuck sorry uh, uh, what's going on alex what's happening with you you know like maybe you should 
sit and breathe in, breathe out, and think of what's bothering you that much. And I think uh, part of it, uh, the major part of it, it was like, yeah, the, the weather, like uh, when the sun goes down at 4.30 p.m., like going to the office, I would take my bike. I, I learned how to ride a bike, actually. I didn't know how to ride a bike before coming to Belgium. <laughs> really? And how did you learn it? Yes, it was really hard. I have some videos that, oh my God. I, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was funny because I asked a, a help from some friends and a friend of mine who's also a trainee from ISAC. Uh, she came from Latvia and we became good friends and we went to a park a lot of times and I was trying and trying and trying and it was funny because you could see a lot of toddlers like little children with two, three, four years old uh, riding a bike and passing by me, waving at me, you know, like and <laughs> I'm 27 and I have a, a beard, you know, like trying to learn how to cycle a little bit uh ashamed of it but you know like who cares so i, I was trying like uh almost every day <laughs> it's great <laughs> and that I you tried it at least yeah because it would save me a lot of time because i work in another city i live in antwerp but i live in i work in another city so i was used to go to the train station then from the train station i would need to walk for 30 minutes to the office every day and the same way back and with the bike, I would like go with my bike to the train station in five minutes. I would leave the train station and get to work in seven minutes. So like it saved me every day, almost one hour. Wow. So I was like, come on, Alex, you, you need to learn it. It will save you a lot of time. You could do a lot of stuff, you know. And then I was trying, trying, trying. And maybe after my eighth attempt, I, I could do it. You know, like I was not completely comfortable. I still have some some purple spots on my legs because <laughs> I fell sometimes like uh, trying to ride a bike on the, you know, where the tram passes by that sometimes your wheel gets stuck into it. Yeah. <laughs> so it happened a few times, but now I feel that I'm completely comfortable. But this was something that I, I, I learned here in Belgium. <laughs> That's so crazy, but <laughs> I can I can understand that here in Belgium we often ride bikes, but in Brazil it's not that common. Or actually, it is. Uh, I don't know. I think uh, because I was I, I grew on a neighborhood with a lot of hills. My mom was kind of worried about letting me ride a bike elsewhere. You know. So it didn't happen. So, yeah. And then, like, I grew and I never tried it. But I always wanted to learn. And I think, like, okay, now it's the best time to, to start to practice and to learn it. And I was sure that I would remember this experience, like, with uh, with a warm heart. You know, like, that's so nice. This changed my life. It's so good to ride a bike. You feel so great. I feel so great, at least. Yeah. Uh, during Christmas, I went to visit my family, and when I came back, we still had like winter for what two months, and it's crazy how now I'm feeling a lot more energized. You know, I feel I, I feel that I have a lot of a lot more energy now that spring's coming over. I don't know why I wake up feeling better because it's kind of it's really not stress stressful is not the word here but it's really sad like waking up and it's still dark 
then you go to the office, it's still dark, and you sit and you start to work. And when you leave the office at 5, at 6 p.m., it's dark again. So, like, all the time is dark, you know? And this, uh, uh, it, this affects your mood. At least my mood was completely affected by it. But on the other hand, my first summer here, I will never forget, like, work, uh, going to work already sunny and then coming back and going, I don't know, to the gym then leaving the gym at 10 p.m. and it would still be like some sunlight. And I would feel so so fully energized and so happy about it, you know? So actually uh, I enjoyed the time during the summer, but like when the winter came by, I felt it like how, ah, and something, something interesting as well. A lot of friends of mine, uh, when I came here, uh, March, April, May, they would say like, come on, Alex, it's really sunny. Let's go outside. And I would be like, oh, guys, I don't feel going outside today. I'm going to stay home. I need to, I, I have to do some stuff over here. No, come on, Alex, because like then the winter will come over and you will feel it that you missed it. And so like, oh, I don't think so. I don't think I'm going to miss it. I, I really love to stay at home sometimes. I need to cook. I need to read. So like... And I was not taken in consideration. And then when the winter came, I understood it, you know, like why Belgian people, when they, they have like the minimum sunlight, they want to go out, even if it's just for a walk, even if it's just for a coffee, like let's enjoy, let's, let's, uh, 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 let's be happy that we have sunlight. And for me, it's something crazy because in Brazil, you always have sunlight and you, you don't have a huge difference of temperature between the seasons. So now that the, the spring came again, I, I feel it, you know, like I want to enjoy it. Unfortunately, now we can't go to a bar or to a restaurant with our friends or we can't have a lot of social contact. But but yeah, the, the weather is so great, right? <laughs> I, I think you learn how to how to appreciate it, you know, like how to live it fully, how to really be be grateful for it. Yeah, here it's funny that you tell it about the uh, good weather and that all the Belgians go outside with uh, a little bit warm weather, a little bit of sunlight. We call it a special word. So it's called terraces weer. Mm -hmm. So it's like terrace weather and it's the kind of weather when everyone is just wants to going go outside. To Yes, wants to go outside just for one coffee and everyone drinks the same beer and just sits there <laughs> on a terrace. And, then and, it, and it really happens, right, Paquita? Like, I remember yeah. my colleagues at work, like, two, three times a week, look at this weather, let's stop by and just drink, like, one or two beers. And it was yeah. 6, 6 p.m. with a huge sunlight, everyone at the bar, music being played, so, like, what the hell? In the middle of the week, people were really enjoying themselves, you know? It was so great. I, I, for me, it's not... I didn't think about it that way before, but now you tell it. <laughs> in Brazil, I can imagine people are always, <laughs> I don't know, in the sun and enjoying it, or... Yes, but, like, uh, since you, you always have sun and the day, like... The, the sun will go down always between six and seven, you know, uh, you don't notice the, the, a big difference. So the weather doesn't impact that much your life decisions and life decisions. I, I mean, like daily decisions, you know, oh, am I going to, to a bar today? Oh, but it's cold outside. 
you have maybe two weeks of cold, really cold, and really cold, it's nothing compared to the really cold in Europe. But like then people would maybe rather stay at home instead of going outside. But all the rest of the year, this is not something that they take into consideration before making a decision of going out or not. You know? What is, what is really cold for you? Uh, really cold for us. Uh, I'm from Sao Paulo, so I'm from Southeast. So for us, really cold is like nine degrees you know it's That's really cold <laughs> <laughs> yes, so but you, your but first I'll... winter here you just froze i didn't have clothes to deal with it actually i had to buy them because uh, yeah but now i feel that our organisms they adapt to it you know like so i visited my family uh, during christmas period and i remember it was i don't know 16 degrees and they were putting the heater on and putting some clothes. And I was like wearing a shorts and a t-shirt and enjoying the 16 degrees because I think that uh, my body is already used to this weather, you know? So it's interesting how our bodies are, are, are complex and how nature is like works, you know, it's really nice. And how adaptive you can be, right? Yes, exactly. Um, okay, so... <laughs> One last uh, question, I think. Mm -hmm. You told about your experience here and how you, uh, how the difference was between Brazil and Belgium. Mm -hmm. But how is it that you are still in Belgium? Uh, actually, after my first year, uh, I had a evaluation meeting or something like this. And they have decided to maintain my contract and to hire me officially. So I went through all the bureaucracy of giving a lot of documentation once more to get my work permit. And now I have a three years work permit to work here in Belgium. So like all the company, they took all the HR department, uh, did all the process, you know, took care of all of it. I, I just had to bring some documentation from Brazil. I had to translate some of them. I had to pay like uh, some amount of money to government because uh, I was going like to be living here uh, for three years. Uh, I'm going to be living here for three years. So yes, it was a, a their decision to to keep me. So yeah, I was kind of happy with it. So I have more more time to learn. I feel that I still have a lot to learn and to experience over here. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing to. Uh, end the conversation I think for the podcast because we already have 40 minutes it was sure. just so interesting I didn't plan on it uh, being so long but it's, it's not a problem <laughs>